following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Wow. Um, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Uh, so many times during this Lenten season, I've, I've been reading the assigned Bible passages for the week, and the first line has jumped out at me. And a, a great crowd at a festival definitely qualifies uh, as one of those times. We're actually, uh, some of you know, getting closer to festival season here in western New York. When I first came to Rochester for college, one of the first things somebody told me about Rochester is that there's like more festivals than you could shake a stick at. There's festivals for everything. <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to look a little different again this year, hopefully better than last year, but not the same as the year before. Um, it was just announced, for example, that we are having the Lilac Festival, but that the, the dates will be spaced out more and there will not be live music, um, which makes me sad, but it also makes me happy, but it also makes me sad. So here's my question for you. And uh, if you're here uh, with us on Zoom, you can uh, put some answers into the chat on Zoom, and I'll, I'll take a look at those and see how they're coming out. But I'm wondering, how do you feel about crowds? I, I don't mean right now. <laughs> Try, if you can, to imagine how you felt about crowds two years ago. Right? Um, so if you're joining us on Zoom, you could type in some answers if you want. But some people like a little bit more of a structured question, and so you could think about this question. Um, do crowds make you feel less alone? Or more alone? <laughs> Somebody whispered yes in the room. I heard it through your mask. <laughs> um, uh, I'm hearing, a, I'm seeing a variety of, of answers on the uh, on the chat, and there's probably a variety of answers in the room. Um, while you're continuing to think about that, I'll tell you a quick story, which is that uh, at the very end of my sabbatical, and I mean on the last night of my sabbatical, um, on my birthday, September 1st in 2019, I was at a concert in Denver. It doesn't matter who the band was or how many times I've seen them or whether you think that's reasonable or silly. Um, it's enough to say that I was in this crowd um, by myself. You hear what I said? I was in a crowd by myself. The first time I'd ever been in a crowd, at a concert that big, alone, which was really interesting. There was nobody who knew my name within hundreds of miles of me. I was very alone, but I was also there with 27,000 people. I was the furthest thing from alone. And the experience that that gave me was very um, bizarre. I felt both of those things at once. And the, um, the end result of it for me was really interesting, which is that I felt much freer to, uh, you know, to just kind of enjoy myself and be, you know, I, I'm not saying that I did the, the dance that hippies do at concerts. I would never say that I did that, but... Um, I will say that the, the reservations that I would feel if I was around people who knew me <laughs> and who I might have to see tomorrow were gone. 
So quick poll of the room. Um, how many of you feel like crowds make you feel more alone? There's some hands. How many people feel like it makes you feel less alone? Other people, there's some hands for that as well. It's probably about a 50-50 split in the room. I, I don't know about the, the Zoom uh, result. Um, some people love crowds and some people hate them. <laughs> I guess most times I would probably place myself in the hate crowds column. And that's evidenced in the way that I usually preach this gospel passage from today on Palm Sunday. Today's reading... Uh, tells the story of what has come to be known as Palm Sunday. And it famously involves a crowd of people who had gathered in Jerusalem for a religious festival. You could think of a crowd of people who gather in Rochester for the religious festival of smelling the lilacs and eating uh, funnel cake, right? A crowd that hears that Jesus is coming and then engages in the most exuberant display of praise and worship. They Uh, spread their coats out on the ground. That part isn't from the gospel reading from John, but you hear that part in the other gospel writers' accounts of this same occasion. Their coats are spread out on the ground for him to to come in on his donkey across, and then they cut branches off the trees, and they wave them in the air like they just don't care, and they start singing Hosanna, which literally means, save us, we pray. And they quote the Psalms. We actually heard the Psalm that they're quoting at the call to worship today. It's Psalm 118, which has that beautiful verse, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. But it also includes all kinds of other language um, that, that is very messianic. It's very um, predictive of a coming beautiful kingdom that God is promising to the people. And the people in this crowd in Jerusalem are identifying Jesus as the Messiah. This controversial rabbi Jesus, they're attributing to him these words that were spoken and written and had been sung in their religious services about God, the creator of the universe. Could you imagine doing something like that today? That would be um, itself quite controversial, wouldn't it? And so much could be said about this crowd, about how they were actually right to think about Jesus as the Messiah, the promised anointed king, but that they were very wrong about how he was going to go about the work of being the promised anointed king. How they were cheering for Jesus, not because he would come to be known someday as the Prince of Peace, but because they thought he was going to be the one who would lead them in a violent uprising and overthrow the Roman oppressors. We could talk about how religious crowds can be very fickle sometimes, and how this one, it turns out, was quite fickle, and about how many of these same people who were chanting and singing Hosanna just days later would be chanting, crucify him about this same Jesus. You could say a lot about the crowd, most of it not very good, and that's how I usually preach this passage. But this year, I've been wondering how much of that is actually about me more than it is about them. About how easy it is for me I'm not speaking for you, but for myself, to claim the sophisticated high ground, given the benefit of hindsight, 
and the fact that I don't really like crowds very much or respect the people who gather in them, unless I'm one of them, <laughs> and I wasn't. Yeah, um, I've been uh, preaching on Palm Sunday for a decade and more, and I've preached on all of that. I've hit all of those angles. Well, I've even preached a Palm Sunday sermon from the perspective of the donkey. I hope it was better than it just sounded like it might have been. <laughs> and and um, maybe you've been around long enough and come along with me on the ride with this Palm Sunday journey, and uh, you've come to hold this crowd in disdain as well. Or maybe you've heard other people teach on it, or in your own study, you've come to think of this crowd as um, less than exemplary. But, and I hate to sound like a broken record, this year is different. This Lent is so different. This year, our sophistication and worldly wisdom, if you will, comes not from our own intelligence or even from the 2020 hindsight that we can read the scriptures with, but from a year of loss and pain. And it is such a sad but true reality that So much sophistication that we acquire in our lives comes from loss, pain. This year, um, even more people have disdain for crowds. Even the extroverts, even the people who love crowds have disdain for crowds. Not out of the moral superiority of introversion, uh, but because nobody wants to be part of a super spreader event. I mean, we can't even watch people hugging on TV without getting a little bit creeped out, can we? Let alone thinking about hundreds or thousands of people shouting unmasked in a crowd. And yet I wonder, I wonder we, if you and I, could imagine letting go of our apprehension or our disdain. We could imagine ourselves actually joining a group of people who are in the end responding to Jesus in the right way, even if it's for the wrong reasons. I wonder if we could set aside our fear of being wrong. And not just being wrong, but shouting our wrongness in full voice. I wonder if we could set that aside long enough to give praise and adoration and celebration to the God who after all does save us. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Uh, And I wonder how much all of what I'm saying has actually nothing or very little to do with COVID, but how much of it is actually things that maybe I should have been wondering all along. Again, I'm not speaking for anybody else, except that I think I might be. All this wondering that I'm doing, I, I I don't have a little bow to tie up on this sermon. I mean, I guess that's not all that uncommon for me. But it's even more true today than usual. 
need you to know that I look at this story and I witness this crowd and I know what comes next in the Gospels. But I don't know what I don't know about what comes next in our world. That famous and famously uncomfortable, unknown, unknown, not just that you don't know, it's that you don't even know what you don't know. I feel like I've spent the whole year feeling that way. Not knowing what's coming is maybe my least favorite feeling. I don't like to make plans, and sometimes I even do enjoy breaking plans, but I sure do wish the rest of the world would figure out what it's doing so that I can decide how I'm not going to participate in it. I'll tell you one thing that I learned in that crowd in Denver 19 months ago, which is there actually is only one moment that you can live. There's actually only one day that you've been given. Worrying about what you'll look like tomorrow or how you thought about things yesterday doesn't really help today get any better. And so maybe in the most preaching to myself moment, in the most doctor heal thyself moment that I I could imagine, I want to encourage you, this Palm Sunday, let go of the need to know. Let go of the need to be right. Let go of the need to be sophisticated, to let go of the caution that comes with all this fear that you'll do the wrong thing and embarrass yourself. Religiously or otherwise. Because none of that matters. Being right doesn't matter. Being respectable doesn't matter. Being with Jesus is what matters. And so, my friends, on this Palm Sunday, wherever you are, Be there. Be with Jesus. And join the crowd and sing Hosanna. That's what I'm going to try to do. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.